Let's go. All right. So, Thomas Fitch, you are here on my first podcast or our first podcast since it seems like ever. Oh, yeah. It's been a little over six months, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been. I think the last one in our show is what I last thing I did. It's crazy. Though it doesn't yeah. even feel that long ago. That's the crazy thing, I know. too. I don't know if it's the same way for you. Yeah, I don't think it feels too long ago. I mean, we're obviously both naturals at this. So, <laughs> so it's all gonna all the information, yeah. it's all gonna come so, back. So it all comes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but shout out, I guess I'll post this on SoundCloud or something, but shout out to TSTV Sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if uh if anyone's listening, uh <laughs> miss everyone, but uh mm-hmm. but anyway, We're still grinding uh, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's good to be back, talk some sports. We had a mm-hmm. big, big weekend this weekend, and we have the Super Bowl coming up. Oh yeah. Right. So, uh, so I guess we'll just we'll just jump into it. So obviously, the main thing, or the main thing I want to talk about, was obviously this James Harden trade. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I want to hear all your thoughts about it. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like we've known Ben Simmons once out for a while, and then. We've known, you know, at least for the last month or so that that Harden wants out of out of Brooklyn. And so it was like you kind of see it coming. Um, But I mean, it feels like the winner of this trade to me is the 76ers. I mean, they had so many other kind of options to try to get rid of Simmons and they waited and they waited and they waited. And they finally got I mean, to be obviously um, it's not just Simmons for Harden, but to be able to to get Harden in that deal, I think it's huge for them, um, especially as they're trying to like finally put together a team that can maybe make a run at, you know, winning the Eastern conference. Uh, so I think it's, it's a great trade on their part for Brooklyn. I have no idea how it's going to work out. And I'm kind of fascinated. <laughs> like I was just thinking like, just like off the court, just like the fact that Kyrie Irving is going to be taking Ben Simmons under his wing it's kind of scary for, for Ben Simmons. Just, I don't know that dude, it felt like his head was kind of already over the place. And now you throw him in with Kyrie. Like, it's just going to be madness. And you know what? Madness can make greatness, but it also may just make chaos. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I, I think I do agree with you. Well, in terms of who won the trade, I think I do give Philly a lot of credit because when you have a superstar that wants out, you really have no leverage because other teams right. know they want out. So the only way for you to get another star in return is you have to find another star that wants out. So then both teams uh-huh. equally, they're on an even playing field there. Uh-huh. So, so I do think that, and I'm honestly kind of, I mean, I'm kind of happy that, that Daryl Moore waited, um, you know, held it out. And then he got James yeah. Harden, obviously. Um, the, the thing that I still don't understand it was never clear to me exactly why Harden wanted out. Mm, I mean, right. If, if he, cause to me, if he really cares about winning a ring and I don't know that like that might not be his main priority as much as I think he and Joel Embiid are going to compliment each other. Well, cause I really can't wait to see that. And as I'm like, I love Joel Embiid. Like, I think he's dominant. Like I know he like yeah. talk. I know he, lot, he talks a lot of, a lot of trash when he backs <laughs> it up. He does. Um, as great as he is, he's not Kevin Durant in my eyes. Right. So I don't know if Harden put himself in a better position to win a ring. 
Mm. What do you that's think? a good that's a good point because because you are right. Like the 76ers have talent and 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 I do think Joel Embiid and Harden is going to work well, but Kyrie and KD and Harden like if they we really I feel like we never really got to see the Nets at full strength this year they, to be completely honest. They played 16 games in total. That yeah, and so you never you never got to see them like full strength with chemistry like that was a team that had so much potential. And I, I yeah, I, I, I never really feel like I heard either what the hardened beef was um, unless it was just that he wanted to be the superstar, but he was already the superstar in Houston, right? Like right. he left because he, I w- it makes, it, it seems like he left because he wanted a ring. And, and, and exi- mm-hmm, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And I think it's it's he has about the same odds in in Philadelphia as he he did in Brooklyn. And and that's exactly what's so bizarre is that he left Houston because the team wasn't good enough. Right. And now he's in Brooklyn, where if those three are healthy, they should be the favorite, I think, to win the whole thing. Now, where I do give Harden a little bit of a break in terms of Kyrie is really a wild card. And, oh, a hundred percent. And I get that. And so that, that's the thing on, on Brooklyn's end is if, if Kyrie's going to be in and out of the lineup and now they got rid of Harden, I just don't think that they're going to have enough scoring. Mm. I mean, with Kyrie yeah. and KD, they will. But the games that Kyrie plays, it's really Kevin Durant. And who else is putting – I mean, I really like they picked up Seth Curry. I think that was yeah. a big-time pickup. But – like. Do, do you, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have enough scoring. I really don't. So I was earlier today, I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast and he made, I mean, it was kind of a bold take, but I kind of like tracking where he was going. And he was like, the Nets should be worried about not even making the play in spot. Now that may be going a little too far, but uh, I mean, they're in the eighth seed right now. And I think Durant's out for what the next three, four weeks. Kyrie can't like play the games in New York because of the, the COVID regulations. Um, ben Simmons probably isn't going to be back for another three, four weeks as well. So you're going to have a month where it's Seth Curry, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Andre Drummond. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and, exactly. and meanwhile, you, got, you, have, you have the Hornets and the Hawks. Um, I don't know if the Wizards are going to up there, but, I, you know. If I'm a Nets fan, I'm I'm worried right now. If they can yeah. make it to the playoffs, they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I think Simmons actually can help there, but making it there might be tough. The thing is, if they make the playoffs, like again, like without Kyrie playing half the games, right? I mean, are they really gonna? First of all, <laughs> like, is he? Are we really gonna go into the playoffs and Kyrie's only gonna play road games and playoff series? That would be fascinating. Like, I mean, it's it's almost to the point where it's like, do they do they try to be a lower seed? You know, like, do they say we want to yeah, be playing yeah. on the road for the playing game, and then we want to make sure that for all as much of the playoffs we have, you know, four away games. But like, that's such a liability to say. Here's your second best player in the team, and you can only play half your games in the playoffs. Exactly, and and to give you an idea of the importance of chemistry. Yeah. So for example, the big three in Miami, 
no one brings this up. I bring it up because I think it's actually really fascinating. The big three in Miami, everyone's talking about how overloaded they were with talent. Right. All four years in, in Miami, they I they faced elimination all four years. They either lost in the finals, and then the two years they won in the finals, they faced elimination at least once in that postseason. Huh. The Golden State Warriors, as amazing as they were, ex- with the exception of Katie's first year, that second year – they faced elimination too. Hmm. So I'm basically, I'm saying that like, we have two of like the most talented super teams yeah. that, that played together all year and still almost think it over the hump and sometimes hmm. didn't. So you're telling me that a team that has barely been playing together with Kyrie in and out of the lineup, the way yeah. it's going to disrupt this, that chemistry, that team is going to win the championship when you have teams like the Bucks and the Suns and Golden State. Right, right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And like, you're facing a game six elimination. You're going on the road, and Kyrie's not playing. Or, at, you know, you're now game seven. You're home. Or I guess for them, they're probably not going to be playing game sevens at home. But game six, you go back home, and Kyrie's now joining the team who wasn't there for the last two games. And you know, and and you're yeah. right. It's the, the chemistry is going to be all off. Um, but there's I like from what I feel like I know about Kyrie. He's not going to change anything just to be able to play half the games because his whole thing is I'm going to do me and nobody can stop me from doing me. Exactly. And exactly. So, you know, in home games for the Nets, and like, again, you get to the playoffs, you can really game plan against teams. Yeah. I mean, if you just make a plan to maintain Kevin Durant, who else on that team is going yeah. to scare you? No one. In home games. Yeah. Literally no one. And so, and, and then it, it's you, you, your home games. You're like, great. You know, we have the home court advantage. Then you go to a place where you don't have the home court advantage, but you, yeah. the team's missing their second yeah. best player. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it, it is truly bizarre. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the ceiling for the nets is they're, they're not making it anywhere past the second round, but I, I find it hard to imagine that we get out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to bet against Kevin Durant. Right. Um, but it's funny because I think that both these teams got better with that trade. Yeah, absolutely. But, but that's only because of James Harden's state of mind. Like, not from a talent perspective. Like, in, if we were playing 2K, yeah, I don't think Brooklyn got better. No, but, you're taking James Harden over Ben Simmons any yeah. day. So, but so not a James Harden that doesn't want to be there. Exactly. So, and now here's the thing with Harden, by the way, is if Harden can't win a ring in Philly, mm. I think the narrative now is that he's the problem. Mm, yeah. I mean, Houston, he and Chris Paul couldn't win a ring. They had a year where Kevin Durant went down. Right. They couldn't win that ring. Now he's in yeah. Brooklyn. He's playing with, with Kevin Durant, who's arguably the best player in the league. Yeah. And, like, he, pretend Kyrie's not even on that team. Like, that's still right. a challenge still. to be a contender. Yeah. And he wants to leave Brooklyn for – I mean, there were reports that he, you know, didn't enjoy social life in Brooklyn. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean, like – He's from Houston. There's no social yeah. life in Houston. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. 
I mean, like, I, I, if you're really not happy living in a certain place, like, I get, like, I don't know, maybe he's not, like, maybe his lifestyle outside of basketball isn't, like, as flashy as we expect it to be. Sure. From a guy making that money. But, but I would still think Brooklyn would be tol- tolerable. New York City would be tolerable enough. And, and if you're a top-level competitive athlete, at the end of the day, you can deal with two or three years in a crappy city if it's going to give you a chance at getting a ring, right? Exactly. Like, if you're truly a top-tier competitor, then that should be the number one focus in your mind, not how this, you know, how you enjoy the social life of the city. You yeah. know, you got millions of dollars. You can go retire for the last 50 years of your life wherever you want to be. You know, exactly. suck it up for two or three years and get a ring. Yeah, and exactly. And I remember, you know, when, when Kevin Love signed the massive extension to stay in Cleveland after LeBron left, yeah. everyone was talking about, like, why would he want to live in Cleveland? And then, but then someone, I remember someone said, I mean, the NBA is, is how long is the NBA offseason? See, it goes from, like, June to October, so July, August, September, like three and a half months. Okay, so that's three and a half months. That's if you make it to the finals, right? Right, right. So let's say on average, because the playoffs probably start in April. Yeah, so end of let's, April. So let's say on average, your offseason for an NBA player is four months. Yeah. So then half your games are going to be on the road. Yeah. That's another four months. So you're really only living in your, the city that if you want to, if you want to stay, at, get out of the city you play for, you only have to be in that city for four months out of the year. Yeah. It's only a third of the year. And you got yeah. the money to go wherever you want at any yeah. point of the year. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So it, it will be interesting. Like, this is going to be a legacy. I don't, well, maybe not so far as legacy season for James Harden. But I mean, yeah, if he can't make it work in Philly, yeah. I don't know. He's- I, I and, just really, and, go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Well, and I've, and I've always thought he's the problem and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly anti James Harden anyways. Um, and so like, but like, it was pretty clear, like they weren't, obviously he got them to the place that they were in Houston to where they could be competitive in the playoffs, but he's also the reason that they couldn't make it to the finals. Right. So right. I don't know. I just, I just want, and the thing is that, I don't think James Harden is built to be the go-to scorer in crunch time of playoff games. No. And so he definitely didn't have to be that in, in Brooklyn. Mm-mm. In Philly, I mean, it's, it's really close who's a better scorer between him and Joel. But also in crunch time, you usually tend to – what. I don't see Embiid as a crunch time scorer. Well, that's the thing. Usually in crunch time, when you need big shots, generally teams go to a guard or a ball right. handler, someone that can can handle can can handle the ball and really create their own shot off the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have to take on that load to some degree. Yeah. So I, I really wonder how much he cares. He cares about the ring. I don't know. I mean, well, and. What his contract's up soon, right? Yes, but I think he's opting into the player option. If I if I remember correctly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he'll be he'll be in Philly unless he you know 
demands his way out of Philly next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like he's just trying to get, like, a max contract. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, and it's not like – like, he he's going to be the star of the team, but he's the star of the team with Joel Embiid, who's also the star of the team. So it's not like he was right. going there to be the clear number one. Right. So, right. I don't know. I, I really – the more I think about the move, the more – or the more I think about Harden wanting out of Brooklyn, it really is bizarre. Or maybe yeah. it's just the fact that, like, Kevin Durant is – I don't think he's the best teammate. Kyrie Irving's a weird dude. So, I do understand being like, this team has no chemistry and I don't want to be with these guys. Why do you think Kevin Durant's not the best teammate? I don't know. There, he just – maybe this goes back to when he left Oklahoma City and ripped my heart out a little bit. But he's just always seemed like a guy – well, he just kind of seemed like a recluse, which maybe doesn't necessarily mean, mean he's like a bad teammate, like causing locker room drama, because I don't think he's that kind of guy. But I also don't think he's like hanging out with the guys, like the one who's, you know, hyping everybody up. He's just there. He's just there. Like that, yeah, I feel like that's probably just his personality. Yeah. Yeah. But you mix um, that in with Kyrie, yeah. who's just a yeah. weirdo. Yeah. That's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird environment to be in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I guess well, looks like right now I'm looking on the schedule. March 10th, we have 76ers versus the Nets in Philly. Oh, sure, that'll yeah. be good. I'll be I'll be marking my calendar for that. Um, It'll it's in Philly. I mean, Ben Simmons, if he's back and playing, does he get booed? In, of course he does. Yeah. In in the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Oh my lord, they're gonna be all over him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm him, I'm 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 waiting till after that game to come back to play. I mean, I guess he can't. I mean, that would be it's like what, a month away. That'll be right around when he's getting healthy. So is that, is, that a, is that the report now that he'll be three to four weeks before he plays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Some people were saying that they were hoping he was coming back earlier, but right. uh, I don't exactly know. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm assuming somewhere two to four weeks. Yeah. But if I'm him, I'm saying I don't want to go back. Playing in Philly. I'm going to wait till after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, which of those two teams do you think has the best shot at actually winning this year? I mean, I think I, I still think this year, I think it's 76ers. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, is there a chance that for some reason Embiid and Harden are, are, are too big of superstars to share the court? It's possible. But I think because you have guard forward, like I think that can work a lot better um, as opposed to like if you have two guards that are kind of battling for, for the ball. So I think, I think they can work. And if they can get chemistry quick, I don't think it's a team that can win at all, but I think it's a team that can challenge in the Eastern conference um, to at least make a run to the Eastern conference finals. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, someone said this is compared it to to Shaq Kobe. Now, mm-hmm. what I will yeah. say, what, what I think, so in that, I don't think it's the most unfair comparison in terms of, I think they're Shaq and Kobe, but just a, 
I think they're a little less talented than Shaq yeah. and Kobe, but I think their mentality, at least for James Harden, is mm-hmm. where that comparison, where there's the biggest gap. For yeah. That comparison. Like if you took James Harden's talent with Kobe's mentality, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, and with the way Joel and because Joel and me can do things Shaq couldn't do. Oh I mean, yeah. I still, I still think Shaq is probably an all time better player, but like, just think about pairing, if you paired prime Kobe with Joel. And B. Right. Right. Because Embiid is so much more versatile than Shaq was now Shaq. I mean, he could throw his body around and it was a different NBA, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a similar comparison. They're both star players. Uh, they're both big names and it's that guard forward duo um, kind of combining for a super team, you know, and it worked out enough for the Lakers. Obviously at the end, they, it was kind of a rough split, but um, I could see it being, so, uh, yeah, I could, I could see it being a similar trajectory. And like, you look at the East and, I'm just still hesitant to buy in on – well, the Heat have been up there. Um, but the Cavs and the Bulls, like just teams that don't have a ton of playoff experience. Uh, and now you have Harden who has a lot of ex- playoff experience. You have Embiid who has a lot of playoff experience on a team that didn't really have that outside of Embiid. And so I think, I think that gives them a chance to maybe pull off an upset or two in the playoffs. Yeah, I think – I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't really buy too much into the Heat <laughs> uh, or the Bulls. Yeah. I love what they're doing, but, I mean, I think – see, I wonder if this trade gave the Bucks because I think the Bucks should probably be the favorite to come out of the East. Yeah, I think they should be. I, I wonder if this trade made that – I wonder if the Bucks feel better or worse now, because mm. the the Nets were always that threat with all that talent. Yeah. They were always a threat that if they can just get it together, they they should get past the Bucks. Mm. So, that's a, yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, how are the Bucks excited or? Yeah, are they more worried or less worried after the trade? I and I yeah, I think less worried. I think again, I still think there's a chance if Harden and MB click really well and if somehow well, but if Kyrie's only playing half the games, the, the Nets are just not a factor. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean I think <laughs> the Nets because because if you're playing the net a, a, a James Harden Nets team where he's at least say it's the playoffs and he's bought in. And you have at least for half the games, KD and Harden. And then the other half of the games, you have KD, Harden, and Kyrie. That's a team to be worried about. But this team now, I think you get less worried about. The Sixers, 76ers, maybe got a little bit more dangerous. But I would take the 76ers getting a little more dangerous with the Nets becoming a non-factor if I'm the Bucks. Yes, bingo. You uh, got <laughs> it right there. You always yeah. – you, 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 I think you always find a way to put what we're all thinking into work. Like, <laughs> I remember, I, I still don't, don't forget when you, uh, Nick, uh, you, me, and Nick did a podcast uh, right at the beginning of COVID. I still uh, have it like in my Instagram archive. Oh, yeah. And, uh, do you remember? And I think I asked, like, 
because you know could this like be a blessing in disguise for LeBron if he like was gonna yes. lose? And then you said it's like a pass foul, but not an A. Yes, I you remember yes. that. Yeah, that was one of those that I was that like, was I wish this could be like broadcasted somewhere because that was yeah. like. Whenever I was like live on TSTV, <laughs> yeah, those those analogies would never be great. But like that one, that one, that's one of my proudest ones. My other proudest yeah. analogies <laughs> is when people are like LeBron would be MJ one on one, and I'm like, yeah, and a U.S. military whatever group would beat Alexander the Great one on one in a battle these days because it's completely different. That doesn't yeah. mean that that like you know right. Alexander the Great wasn't better. So. Right. Yeah. Is there anything uh, else in the NBA that any trades or, I mean, obviously the, the Lakers were always a hot topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Lakers, I want? mean, did nothing. Yeah. I like, I actually, I really like the Bucks picking up Ibaka. Uh, yes. It's a small addition. Like, it's not something that's like, this is going to, this makes them a team to watch out for. But it didn't hurt them. And... I mean, I think it gives them gives them some depth. Um, Ibaka has been around for a while, and some veteran leadership on that team, and I mean, he's not he's not going to give you the production he used to be able to, but I still think he's going to produce well and he's going to fit in well on that Bucks team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that Bucks team is just getting better and better. Uh, it's uh, it's like. <sighs> Do you really think that's a team that can go back to back? I don't see why not. Like, what's changed? Nothing. Like I, right. And and that's not to say like I'm not saying I think the Bucks are going to win this year. But if the Bucks won again this year, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. because it's a sim. It's essentially the same team. Um, there's no one else that's like. There's not like been the super team that's kind of formed. Like obviously the Warriors. Yeah are not where they were last year. They're a much bigger threat. But the, the top three teams in the East are teams that are young and inexperienced. Right. So if they, if, if they were to repeat as champs, I, I would not be surprised in the slightest. So who do you think is going is, is to win? I mean, it, it, it's, first of all, it's, it's nice that we have a uh, – let's just take a moment to appreciate again that we have an NBA where we don't know who's going to win the – Oh yeah. yeah, like you could tell me four or five different teams that could win, and I would, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like in the West, I think, I, I think, like if there was a year for the Suns to win it, it's this year. Yes, because outside of the Warriors, if I'm the Suns, I'm not seeing another team that threatens me. Um, I mean, Except the Mavericks. What's that? Oh yeah, yeah. In Milwaukee. Oh, you're saying in the yeah. West? Okay. Yeah, I'm saying yeah in the West just to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't see anybody no. that's going to challenge them. Um, yeah. And then in the East, again, who, who knows what's going to happen with with the Heat, the Cavs, and the Bulls? But I mean, I think any of those three teams could be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think the Bucks have a good chance, and potentially the 76ers. Um, but like right now. I like the Suns or the Warriors. I, I I think the winner comes from the West, despite the fact that the East is a tougher conference this year. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think that that's probably fair because I think that the top three teams 
contending is Milwaukee, Golden State, and Phoenix. So two of those yeah. teams are of the three are in the West. So I think I think you're probably I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. But I would I would love like I've kind of been on the Grizzlies bandwagon just because I love watching John Morant in college. Um, but like there's no way that that team is making a run this year. I would love to see that them make a run, but like they're not making a run and they're the three seed in the West. So I, I, I just think Phoenix and Golden State are almost going to, whoever comes out of the West is not only like has a good team, but I think is going to kind of have gotten to cruise through the playoffs and maybe be a little less beaten up than a team coming from the East. Right. I think the one thing that's gotten lost in this season is the fact that, the Clippers have done I me mean, this. This season's been a wash for them. Oh yeah. Um, and I think they would. I mean, as much as you know, they obviously choked in the bubble. And when they lost to to uh, they lost to Phoenix in the playoffs last year, right? Was uh, yeah. was Kawhi healthy? I don't remember. Oh gosh, it's like flipping a coin to try to remember if Kawhi's healthy yeah. or not <laughs> at this point. Because there was injuries. Um, right. I mean, I guess the point I'm making is that, like, to me, the Clippers were were still always – like, if they were all healthy, I, I think they'd still be a threat in yeah. in the West. Um, yeah. And they've just completely – I mean, just – I mean, obviously the season with, with injury has been a, a complete wash. So – And did did they pick – now I can't remember. Did they pick someone up in, 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 in this trade deadline? Uh, I feel like I had heard about them know. picking someone up, but now I can't think. Oh, I mean, they got they they, they were in that big four way deal that got the the Bucks, Ibaka, and they got okay. Rodney Hood and right. Simeo. I don't even know how to say his last right. name. So, I guess it's like like I, I, it almost feels like we're missing a contender this year, and I and I think yeah. the, the contender we're missing is well, this, this is what it is because LeBron seems not a contender. So that's yeah. what we're missing. I think that that's probably mostly what it is. And then, um, and then uh, the Clippers, you know, being injury riddled, injury riddled. Yeah. Um, but the so obviously with the Lakers, you know, everyone's blaming Russ, which which I get. Yeah. Um, but is it still not like why is this team losing to the Portland Trailblazers? And letting this rookie your second year whatever go off for 27 points. I mean, is it Russ partially? I mean, as a noted LeBron hater and noted super team hater, I, I also want to chalk it up to that. Is it that? Probably not. Like, I, I've been trying to defend – I was a huge Westbrook guy when he, he was in OKC, and then he went to Houston, and I kind of, you know, lost respect for him. Um but there, there's an extent to where it's just like it's hard to build a team around Russell Westbrook. Yes. He, he is such a – but it's so hard because he's such a great athlete that you have to pay him well. You have to – if you're trading for him, like you have to give – like he's a, he's a tier one player because he has that athletic ability, but he just doesn't have the production – and I don't, and I don't know how, how that mismatch works with him, but it makes it so hard for teams to utilize him. And the Lakers are kind of figuring that out the hard way. Yes, I, I forget who said it. I wish I think it might have been Chris Wiles, 
um, said that Westbrook is the best worst player of all time. Yeah. And that is the yeah. exact best way to describe him because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to go down as like one of the top scorers of all time. But at the same time, he's like not a guy you want on your team to win. No. And it's so bizarre. And I don't know if it's just because he can't shoot, but he wants to shoot. Like, I don't know if it boils down to that as much or if it's just his like need to be the, the guy and need to be getting all the stats. And I don't know what it is, but I, I mean, if that, if that dude could have ever figured out how to shoot, can you imagine, I mean, he's a top three player in the NBA, maybe the best player in the NBA right now, if he, if he had a shot. Yes. I think, I think humans are creatures of habit and yeah. it's really hard for someone like, because because it looks pretty simple. Like you would just tell Russ, Russ, like stop shooting threes, stop taking ill-advised shots, and you know play better defense. But yeah. it's it's hard when you've been doing that. Your when you've been playing one way your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Carmelo Anthony. Like Carmelo Anthony, it took Carmelo yeah. Anthony to be basically out of the league and about to retire for him to really adjust. Yeah, it's it's not an easy thing for humans to break habits. So, like, I, I get it from that perspective. Yeah, um, I mean, we all have habits that I'm sure we thought we should have broken a few years ago <laughs> that, that we still we still have. Um, yeah, and you have but, to have such a mentality, like, to make it in a competitive sports league that you're the best player, right? And that helps form that habit of I'm the best player, or if I'm not shooting that way, I just got to keep shooting until I'm the best yes. player. Yeah, and that's and what he has. That, yeah, and I think that makes a lot of players great. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I remember, uh, you know, like years ago, back when Russ was winning like his MVP and triple doubles. Mm-hmm. You know, I would always have his arguments with my friend, who was better between Steph and Russ, and and I was mm. always a Steph. I always said Steph. Yeah, and my friends always said Russ, and I was like, um, you guys are so wrong. Like, you have no no idea. And I think now it's 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 proving that Russ is just. But I, I still don't understand why a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis like is losing to these teams. Yeah, and and LeBron, it's not even like, it's it's not a, a season where LeBron's like super banged up. He's putting up good numbers. Um, it just hasn't worked out, and I love to see it, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like I have a good answer. Like, it, it, it really is bizarre. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, what is – let's actually go through, like, what's different about this team from the team that won the ring in the bubble? Mm. I mean, no Danny Green. Yeah. Danny Green's a good defender. Like, I'll give sure. you that. Sure. Uh, I guess no Rondo. I mean, they, they, they gave up Rondo for – I don't even know who they – I don't even remember who they gave up Rondo. I don't, I don't Was know that a part of the Westbrook trade? No, Rondo was on the team this year. And then they, oh. they shipped him off to Cleveland for not someone I think was as important as, as Rajan Rondo. Yeah. Um, I mean, who else is who else is 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 different from that from that bubble from that bubble team? I'm trying to think of like bench guys who was on the team, but Honestly, maybe it is Rondo. 
Yeah, like he, the Lakers were he was, pretty pretty poor this year, even with Rondo. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, here, I'm gonna look at the Lakers uh, bubble roster because you know what I'm thinking was, as we're talking about. Sorry, go ahead. Was Javale McGee on that team? Yeah, sure. Javale McGee. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because as we're doing this, you know what I'm thinking? We can't come up with like a major difference. But you know what the one major difference is? <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so yeah. I'm taking a look here. Like Alex Caruso. I mean, you lose Alex uh, Caruso, you lose Danny Green. Who could play defense? Yeah. Um, I mean, Jared Dudley, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Kyle Kuzma was really not that great. Like, he was kind of an. They're all player. role players. Yeah. Markeith Morris. I mean, I mean, I do yeah. think Caruso, I understand the Lakers not wanting to pay for him. Right. If he would have helped them out this year. Really? Yeah. 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 And, 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 and that really was a good cast of supporting characters. Um, you have Caruso, you have Danny Green, you got some defense there. You have, I mean, Kuzma for, I don't know what, but like, I think it's the, gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be Russ. <laughs> I, and I and I want to defend the guy, and I and I want it to not all be him, and I, and I don't think it's all him. Um, I mean, Russ has played but, every game this year, so yeah. You know, the only way to figure it out is to see how the Lakers would do if Russ was like hurt for a month. <laughs> that, that would yeah. be the only way to really know. Um, yeah, and do would would they be a better? Like, yeah, if he was on the bench for a month. Do they get better as a team? Yeah. And that's why I wonder if – I think the Lakers should have just cut him at the deadline. Mm. I mean, well – But I, you can't I, just – Yeah. You can't just cut him because, like, you can – he has value. He still has value, and so you want to keep him around for a trade. But then they didn't trade him, so... There's no team that wants to take him on. If anything, you would have to give up picks to offload him. Yeah, because he's such a big contract. Exactly. And he's, I mean, like, the only thing I could think is magically, like, he obviously is still a talent, so they magically somehow turn it around. They still have a puncher's chance. But, but I mean, you're basically paying him right now to help you lose games. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like, if you cut him, you're gonna pay him anyway. Like, you're you're paying him anyway. Right. And he doesn't have any trade value. His his trade value is negative. Like in the sense, like I said, in the sense that you'd have to give up picks to offload him. Yeah. They don't even have any picks to give up, so that's why they couldn't offload him. Um, It always baffles me seeing you know a guy like him who can go from an MVP to a guy who's like essentially like a non-asset. I don't even know. In a span of a couple of years. Like the only person I can think of that's ever, that's done that is like Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose was even like still an asset. He wasn't as right. bad as Russ and was quicker. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that was because of injury. Maybe Carmelo to an extent. 
I think I think Carmelo was a little bit. Uh, I think that took a little a little longer though. That's true. That was at the end of his career. I mean, Russ. He was on Houston what, for 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 one year. He was on Washington for one year, and that's with the Lakers. So man, I always forget about that Washington year. Yeah, I mean, even with Houston, he wasn't. He was. He wasn't terrible. Like. Right, he's still but, putting up 25 a game and yeah. getting triple-doubles. But And it's not like the Rockets got worse with him. Mm-mm. I mean, they well, he didn't trade for Chris Paul. I think they won about the same number of games. Yeah. But is there uh, anything uh, in particular else that you want to talk about in regards to the NBA? Well, my, my San Antonio Spurs maybe didn't make the flashiest headlines. But everything I read that was grading teams, every Spurs trade was graded at least an A, or no, at least the B plus or higher. Uh, and I mean, when you look at the the trades, it's not. I mean, the biggest one was Derek White to the Celtics. Uh, but basically, what they did is they said, "We're going to get a bunch of picks, and we're going to try to." I mean, in my opinion, what it seems like they're doing is they're saying, "Okay, Dejounte Murray actually could be the guy." But we're going to need to build around the all-star team. That's true. And so, you know, Derek White and him didn't, they just didn't really have great chemistry. So you offload Derek White, who's a great player, a great, you know, really fit in the Spurs system. And I actually think could fit in, in, in Brad Smart's system pretty well. Um, Brad Stevens' system. But um, they ended up with four, I think three first round draft picks and a second round draft pick out of all of this. And the biggest thing they had to give up with was Derek White. I think that's a all things considered, I think that's a pretty big win for the Spurs. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm taking a look now. Yeah. Yeah, they said are they gonna buy out uh Goran Dragic? Yeah, they're gonna buy him out. I think yeah. he was gonna end up like on the, the Mavericks or something. Right. Um so yeah, they're gonna buy they'll buy him out. Um they got someone else. Um, who is it? Um, Sadoransky. They're gonna, they'll they'll buy out and whatever. Um, but yeah, three first round picks and a second round pick, and they hardly gave up anything. I think that's, yeah, that's a win. And I I, I feel like in my Spurs fandom, I'm just looking for like anybody telling me that we did something right. Right. And this is the first time in a while that they're like, oh, this was good for this person. I'm like, okay, good, good. The front office still has some of that that magic that they had back in the old days. Right. Well, you have more all-stars than the Knicks, so I will give you that. We do right now? Knicks don't have any all-stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just one to zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did um, you think about what did you think about the Knicks trades or trade? Uh, the Cam Reddish, Kevin Knox one. Yeah. I was happy about it because I don't think Kevin Nice has been very good. <laughs> yeah. And I think they've given him time. I mean, they drafted him in – I'm trying to remember. Uh, trying to remember what year. I don't quite remember what year, but, like, they've given him, like, a few years. He really hasn't been producing. Yeah. Uh, and I think Cam Reddish – Cam Reddish has been playing well in, in Atlanta, and like the only the reason Atlanta had to get rid of him because I don't think they could they could re-sign him. Like I don't think they had the money 
to keep it. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it was something in, re- in regards to that because like they, they got to pay Trey and and uh, John, John Collins, I guess, is, is more of a it's more of a priority for them. So they kind of just had to had to offload them just so they wouldn't so he wouldn't walk for nothing. Um, yeah. So I, I I was happy about it. I mean, it's not going to change life right away, but. Is happy. I mean, he's teaming back up with RJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing I was going to bring up was the uh, the Mavericks uh, trading away Kristaps. I'm curious your take on that. Yeah. So it's it's upsetting because well, first of all, I mean, as a Knicks fan, when we let Przingis go, I wasn't happy about it. But as an NBA fan, yeah. I thought it was really interesting to pair he and Luca. Przingis yeah. just hasn't been the same since his injury with the Knicks. Nope. And that, that's really what it is. And it's tough because, like, obviously he has the talent, but they tried to make it work. He just is not available or he's not. Yep. He can't. Like, I think at this point he's, he's, a, he's a three on the championship team. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't really know exactly what Washington is looking for with acquiring him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, because Bradley Beal is done for the year. Yeah. So, I don't know if they're I mean, trying to throw throw Beal and Przingis together. Next year, I don't, I don't, I don't really. But I think them adding Kristaps gives them the potential to make it into the playoffs. Now, may, maybe that's not their goal. I mean, if I was them and, and Beal's out for the season, I'm saying – Let's try to get a good draft pick. But if for some reason they're saying we want to make the playoffs, we're one spot out. Right. You know, Chris Tops was a pretty easy, yeah. you know, you knew Dallas kind of wanted to get rid of him. Um, so I, mean, I guess they'd have a a medium size big three with, with Beal, Kuzma, and and Chris Tops come, come yeah. next year. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I, I think I think Chris Stapps is 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 a tough. Uh, it's tough. He's tough to to judge right now because he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, yeah. But he's he's probably overpaid at this point for how much he's producing. Mm-hmm. Like you still want him on your team, talent wise. Uh, right. Right. He's 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 a good asset, but yeah, the the production's just not there. And you know, there's always the chance with those guys that eventually they may get back to where they were before the, before their, their entry. But I mean, it's been what, two, three, has it been two, three years? I think they traded. I think I believe I was a freshman in college when Przingis got traded. Okay. Well, you're talking about the, since the injury or the trade? Since, since his injury. Oh, it's been even longer than that. Though. It's I been mean, longer than that. Yeah. He, he got traded. He got While traded he... in 2018. Team. Yeah. He got traded in 2018 and he got injured before he got traded. Yeah. So it's been like three, four, four years. Three, yeah. four years. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, I don't see him regaining too much. I mean, at this point, it's like you, what you lost from the inter- injury, you're not getting back. Yeah. I think he's really just going to have to work on that jumper, get it, get it yeah. polished and, and be a knockdown shooter. Um, yeah. But anyway, we got a uh, 
got to, unless there's anything else about the NBA you want to talk about. Um, I actually, really quickly, because I know we can, yeah. we can move on to, you have a bit of a, a big, big game this, this Sunday uh, <laughs> that we can discuss. Oh, yeah. Really, really quickly. I just want to give you my, my hot take of the week. Yeah, please do. Um, the biggest trade of the last 10 years was Monty Ellis being traded from Golden State. Okay, you gotta you gotta unpack that. So Monty Ellis and Steph Curry play together. Okay. And Monty Ellis was the main guy. Yeah. On that Golden State team. The main scorer had the ball in his hands most of the time. And didn't like playing with Steph. Mm. And so Golden State went against what their fan base wanted and offloaded Monte. If that trade doesn't happen, I don't think Steph changes changes the, the game the way he has. And he has completely changed the game. Yeah. He's changed the game and just that whole Warriors franchise. Like when, when KD went to the Warriors, that like altered the NBA as well. So that's a good point. I mean, it, like think about if it was even Steph that got traded instead. Yeah, that easily could have happened. I mean, it, if, if, if you had a GM with – I mean, all it takes is a GM that's not a risk taker. Yeah. I'm sure a lot, a lot, of, a lot of GMs would have traded Steph instead of Monte Ellis. And that's not to say that Steph couldn't have still been um, a great player somewhere else. But being able to develop there with Steve Kerr, with Draymond, um, with Clay Thompson, like there was something unique, not just about him, but about that whole team um, that enabled him to be the game-changing player that he is. Exactly. So, so that's because, a – Yeah, because, well, because you think about – you think about some of the other big trades in the NBA over the past few 10 years, or whatever. I mean, like they were major in terms of maybe getting a team over the hump to win a title, mm-hmm. but in terms of the way the game has changed long term, yeah, it, it altered it. Yeah, yeah. man, so, that's my hot take. Take that to take it's a good. Bank. That's a good hot take. I can't. Yeah. I can't argue against that that much. Well. uh, Next time someone asks, what's your hot take? As long as you give, as long as you give me credit. I'll give you credit. I'll as long as you co- copyright. Yeah. 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 As long as you put me in the record. Like, this one's coming from Henry Corwin, but I think it's yes. a good one. Right. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, hot takes you want to share or do you want to talk Super Bowl? Um, I don't think I have any hot takes in me right now. So let's get no, to the I Super Bowl. Maybe sure. I, may have some, I may have some hot takes on that. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, just thoughts. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my thought process on this game is like, if I'm going with my brain, my brain tells me the Rams win this game. Yes. They're, a, they're like, quite frankly, they're a better overall team. But my gut keeps saying Bengals. Uh, just because – Joe, um, Joe Burrow, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. he, he's just the guy and he's, he just has that it factor 
of like, it doesn't make sense. You shouldn't win this game, but he's just going to go off. Um, and, and so because of that, like, I, I think the Bengals win and I don't think they should win. I, I, I don't think there's any reason they should win, but I think Joe Burrow is going to have like a hundred, well, 400, 450 yard game and the Bengals are going to beat the Rams. So I hear what you're saying about Joe Burrow, but I think we have to take a step back okay. and say, I think Joe Burrow's on the map then. And yeah. I think in the past, he hasn't been on the map as much as mm. he is now. But now, all people are talking about Joey Ice. All people are yeah. talking about. So the Rams have two weeks to prepare for this game against Joe Burrow. They're not going to take him lightly. He has no offensive line, so I'm sure they're 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 all ready. I'm sure the 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 pass rushers are 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 licking their lips. Uh, can't wait to. You know, I'm sure Aaron Donald and yeah, whoever else is gonna or can't wait to to get to him. Tom Miller. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that with with the way they've had time to prepare for this game, and how Joe Burrow is no longer someone that's just gonna sneak up from behind and attack you. I don't know. I think as great as he is, I don't know if he's Superman yet. I think I think it's it's gonna be really hard. Yeah. And and you are right, it's it's two weeks to prepare. And Sean McVay is a great, just a great mastermind. But I mean, it's just one extra week. And teams have kind of known that who Joe Burrow is. They've known that the Bengals have no O-line. Yet it didn't matter who the Bengals played, they dominated in the playoffs. And I, I just think it's they it's dominated. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. But they just had that team of destiny feel to them that it was like they're gonna win this game. And they shouldn't win this game, but they're gonna do it. And I, I think the Rams are probably the best team that they've faced in the playoffs. But I don't think the Rams are a team where I'm saying. It doesn't matter that the Bengals have that team of destiny feel. They're just not good enough. I think I think the Bengals are a good enough team that even though the Rams are better, they still can find a way to win this game. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, I do want the Bengals. Um, yeah. My head's telling me the Bengals. I mean, I mean, no, sorry. My the team I want is the Bengals. The team yeah. I think is going to be the Rams. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I think the Rams – I think that – who the Bengals be in the, first, in the first round? That's what I was just trying to think because they um, – was it – they didn't play the Steelers again, did they? Obviously, it was Titans in the second round. Um, because they won the they won the division and then they played. Yeah. They beat yeah. Oakland, the Raiders in the first. Oh round. yeah yeah yeah. yeah the yeah. Raiders. The so Raiders, Titans, Titans, and Chiefs. And Chiefs. I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't know how seriously they were taken until they beat Kansas City. Yeah. 
That's fair. And just the, like the level of competition, like the Raiders were, were, were nowhere close to a Super Bowl team. The Titans, right. I still like, I know their record and I know they, they won games, but I still don't know what was good on their team. You know, obviously I mean, they, they were getting Derrick Henry back. Right, but, but she hadn't played in a while. She so. hadn't played in a while. And then obviously the Chiefs are a very good team, but they're they're not going to have the defense that the Rams are, are, are going to be able to put up. So, like, I, I do think there is a big element to the fact that this is – the Rams are by far the best team the Bengals have played in weeks. Uh, and we'll, we'll game plan for Burrow better than, than the other teams will. Um, I just yeah. – I just have this gut feeling that the Bengals are going to do it somehow. Well, if they do, if they do, that really is one of the most remarkable things in recent memory for Joe Burrow and the Bengals to two years removed from the first pick in the draft, a year removed from an ACL injury from four and 11 season. And to play in the league with all with, I mean, the 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 golden era of quarterback play mm-hmm. and for him to be the one to win the super bowl i mean i know it's a team yeah. game but but still i mean i'm just just looking at all these teams i mean it's yeah that would be truly remarkable yeah the, the, the turnaround i mean even the fact that they're here is already incredible um I, I do think I think that there will be a big Super Bowl hangover for this Bengals team, regardless of if they win or lose. Yes, I um, so that's why I think they have to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and and not to say that like Joe Burrow will never be back there. Like I think I think he will, but I, I think yeah, it's like he's good on the team. Jamar Chase is good on the team, and the, you know they have a, a pretty strong offense. But it's like, what on this team makes me think that they can make this run again next year? Yeah. Like no one, no, I they've, agree. they've gotten lucky or fortunate or however you want to spin it. Right. I mean, it's sports. This stuff just happens where you have these teams make these runs, but, mm-hmm. but it, it does feel like if they don't win it this year, it, it will be a couple years until they're back in this position. I, I totally agree. And it is so hard in, in the NFL to get back to a position like this. I mean, just think about some. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Is yeah, I was about to say MVP. that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been. He's been to. He's only been to that one Super Bowl, the one that he won. Now I'm trying to think. I mean, he, I don't even think he's gotten there. They may not have lost in the in, ever in the Super Bowl with him. It might have just been that because I can't think of a time when when he was in the Super Bowl and lost. I think. That's the only time he's ever been there. Yeah. I mean, Drew Brees was there once, I think, the year he won. I think they were there twice. But maybe just once. No more than twice. Are you thinking of the, the are you are you mixing it up with Peyton Manning and the Broncos? Because they were well, there twice. I could be. They were there twice. Saints super. Um, because they beat the Saints, beat the Bears. I remember that. Um, but even if it's one or two, like yeah, you take two of the best ever quarterbacks of all time, who have been there no more than three times. 
Yeah, I'm looking now. I'm not seeing. Okay. Oh, when I look, so yeah, I, it, take... I don't recall them. Yeah, I think it was just that one year, 2010, uh, when the Saints got there. So yeah, it is so hard. Unless you're Tom Brady, it is so yeah. hard. I mean. Yeah, and, and to give you an idea of how hard it's also to – and it's funny, especially when I saw the Chiefs collapse last week. Mm-hmm. It made me really more appreciative for what Tom Brady did with, with the Patriots. Uh, first of all, you yeah. forget, the, the Patriots went a decade without winning a Super Bowl. So, so that's that's another thing that people don't think – that people forget. Huh. Without winning – without winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um. To win three in a row, they won three in a row, right? Uh, the Patriots? Yeah. No. Maybe they won two in a row? In the early 2000s. Didn't they first um, or do I not know? Uh, 2000. It was, wait, I had it. 2002, it. 2004. Two in a row. But they won three. They won three out of four years because it was them, then the Bucks, and then they won twice. So three okay. and four seasons. So they didn't win three in a row. Mm-mm. Here we go. No, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Okay. I'll take that back. They won 01, 03, 04. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're right. Okay. So they didn't win three in a row. Okay. Irregardless. Yeah. <laughs> I guess – Still, winning three in four years. I mean, after Patrick Mahomes won his first, people said this team's going to win seven Super Bowls. They haven't won another one since. Yeah. I know it's only been two years, but it is it is hard. It is hard, yeah. yeah. And it's – I mean, I think that's what makes – like the NFL play- – I'm not – I don't follow the NFL other than like fantasy football and the regular season that much. And it's – I mean, it, they don't make it easy when you can only watch like two games – you know, on a Sunday, unless you pay more money. But the NFL, I, I love the NFL playoffs. And it's because it it really is truly any team can win. Like right. the, the wild card team wins the Super Bowl. Not often, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, and that like, this is also why it's like so easy. And there's so few debates on why Tom Brady's the GOAT for football. Because it's like you look at all, all that's happened and the, and, and the number of teams that have made it, the number of teams that haven't made it. Again, the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have two Super Bowl appearances combined and Brady has six rings. He has seven rings. Just six. Five with the Patriots, one with the – Okay, so I'm wrong about that too. <laughs> Wait, I no, thought it was... no. No, How can I not do that? Though. He won six with the Patriots. He won. He won the three. You're right. It was six. It's. It is yeah. seven. Because <laughs> yeah. he won three yeah, in the is... early two thousands, then another three. Yeah. Yeah. So he's won seven Super Bowls, and yeah. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, who are, I mean, easily Hall of Fame quarterbacks at the same era of him, ha- have been to <laughs> a total of two Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. Um, do you think? That yeah, that... Eli Manning. Go ahead. 
no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. You can say yeah, Eli Manning is you know. Eli Manning is yeah. two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's funny? I was actually saying the other day. I really don't know what to make of my of my lifetime as a as a Giants fan because <laughs> most people my age can't say that they've witnessed two Super Bowls, uh-huh. but they've also had the worst record aggregately, like over the last six years and. Like as an aggregate over six years, yeah. They have the worst, like not not two years, like not like for six years. Yeah, it's been bad. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's like, who would you have rather been in the last two decades, a Cowboys fan or a Giants fan? <laughs> and it's like the Cowboys have had more like sustained success, but they've the Giants have won two Super Bowls. Yeah. So yeah, it's that has to be a weird fan experience. Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't like if someone asked me like, "Have the Giants been good in your lifetime?" Like, I don't really know how to answer that. Yeah, you're yeah. like, well, yeah, no, yeah. but in another way, yes. Yeah, exactly. But mostly no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was gonna say with the with the Drew Brees and Rogers thing. Um, do you think that that's any indication that? It's overrated how important the quarterback is. Or, or that teams focus on that too much. And... No, because like when you look at just about every Super Bowl champion in the last 20 years, every one of them had a good quarterback. Now, maybe it says you don't need to have a great, like the best quarterback to win, but like, no one – well, I, I don't know. I'm looking at the Eagles and thinking about Nick Foles, even though, I mean, he was good. Right. But, like, was was it Nick Foles that won them that Super Bowl? Joe Flacco. But for the most part, like, everybody that wins a Super Bowl has a good quarterback. Because right. you have to have a good quarterback to get there. But, yeah, I, I, I do think you can say you, you don't have to have a great quarterback. But you do have to have a good quarterback. Right. Right. At the end I of the mean, day. Like Matthew Stafford. Right. I mean, would you consider him a great? I, you know, that's tough. That's tough. Because when I ask that question, it sounds like I don't think he's very good. I do think he's really good. And he probably, if he didn't, wasn't with Detroit, maybe he would be great. So yeah. I don't know. He's right in but, between good and great. Right. But he's not, he's not like an all-timer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are all timers. Yeah. So, Matthew Stafford's like, he's going to have to win like multiple Super Bowls if he wants a chance of being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like he's going to have to do something impressive in his late 30s to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it looks like we're coming up on an hour here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to add? <laughs> um, gosh. I mean, I'm trying to decide if I get into the Olympics. The only like, nah, we I don't I don't need to get uh, into my rants on the Olympics. I, I honestly haven't watched a second of the Olympics. Not because I don't like the Olympics. I just like I just don't think the Olympics is marketed very well. It's not. At, I mean, at least not not as much as it used to be. I mean, it's on right now, and I feel like when I turn on the TV, I still see more 
ads of who's playing on NBA TNT on Thursday. Yeah. Maybe that's because I'm watching TNT. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be it. But, no, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I do think – I think the main reason – like, I think there's there's so many reasons of why the, the, the Olympics aren't as popular as they used to be. But, like, I think at the end of the day, like, because because of streaming, there's so many other things to watch. And back, back in the day when it was just cable TV, it was like, well, what's on this week? The Olympics. We're going to watch it. And now it's like, well, I have to – it's either choose the Olympics or what – you know, or whatever else. So I think that's just – People right. just don't care as much. And the U.S. just doesn't dominate uh, right. as much I mean, as they have Olymp- in the past. Yeah. Maybe the Olympic sports aren't the most entertaining sports to watch. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I guess like uh, running can be entertaining, ice skating. It's a lot of. I mean, shot put. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is, it's a lot of like repetitive activities. Like seeing yeah. somebody downhill ski once is incredible. You know, somebody yeah. going like 80 miles an hour going down a hill. But at the end of the day, even despite the fact that like that's kind of cooler than the basketball game, watching 25 people do the exact same thing over and over again gets boring. Exactly. And yeah. it's not clear. Exactly. And it's not clear. Without that timer in the bottom corner of the screen, you can't tell who's better. Yeah. Because these things are decided by within a second. So yeah. you can't like it's not clear like this person's so much faster than the other athlete. Like you can't. Yeah, they're like their skis. Tell. You look at the skis. Yeah. The, the, the it's two degrees <laughs> off rotation. You know, and it's like basketball. I can tell the guy turned the ball over. Okay, he made a mistake. But yeah, there is yeah. yeah, they're two degrees <laughs> off, and all of a sudden they drop a half second, which also a half second is like the difference between first and fifteenth place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I feel like I think being an Olympic athlete though takes I think it really takes a lot I have to have a lot of respect for the courage it takes to be an Olympic athlete just in the sense that it's once every four years and a lot of these events are like a minor slip up like you said is the different so you're basically training for four years I mean they have other competitions sure but you're training for four years and with the and and bending on the fact that you're not going to have a minor slip up that it's going to yeah. cost you and that you're not going to wake up one morning and have the sniffles and that's going to make you half a second sh- like yeah. it, it's it's a really big risk and a really big investment crazy so it, it takes a lot of courage to be an olympic athlete. and every competition every competition is like less than three minutes you know and like it's yeah. it's like your three minute figure skating routine or your minute and a half downhill ski yeah and yeah. it's like that one little mistake in that minute and a half. And exactly. that's it. For, that's four years of training down the drain. Exactly. And and you got to be, yeah, it's not like a, like an American sport where you have the whole game to, to make it back. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's brutal. On that note, props to Olympians, even though I don't watch you. <laughs> props, props to Olympians. Um, I guess, I guess then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Thomas, thanks for, for coming on. Um, of course. I guess I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, any parting words? Any parting words? Uh, Texas basketball, please get it together because that Kansas game was awesome and that Baylor game was horrible. So if we can do a lot more of the Kansas game and a lot less of the Baylor game going forward, that would be great. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure they'll be listening. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Yeah, so I know. Great. Um, all right. 
Now, I want to make sure I don't screw this up. When I stop the recording, is it automatically saved? It'll save it to like your downloads folder. You're positive. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Yeah, it, it saves it. It saves it. Okay, cool.